Hello, welcome to another episode of Wondering Wednesday, a podcast in which I, Donna Reish of Character Inc. Press and Raising Kids with Character Parenting Seminar and Blog, answer questions about parenting, homeschooling, marriage, language arts, home management, and more. This week I'm excited to bring to you a podcast about Christmas. And not just any Christmas podcast, but a podcast that answers a lot of questions that we get asked about Christmas with college and adult children. If you've been on the blog for the last two weeks, you've probably noticed that I have a lot of articles um, about having Christmas celebrations, Christmas um, festivities and traditions and so forth with college and adult children. So basically, this podcast episode will be a lot of those articles plus some other articles that are not out yet um, that are all combined to answer a lot of these questions in an oral format. So I hope that you are able to tune in and listen and uh, print the handout that goes along with this. Um, I also wanted to uh, remind you that we have our Friday freebies coming out. And so if you subscribe to the Character Inc. Press slash Raising Kids with Character blog or to our newsletter, you will automatically receive a freebie Friday every Friday. And in December, we have a couple that are especially pertinent to Christmas. First of all, we have the um, toddler and preschool room time list, which is an annotated list of potential toys and activities to use for room time. Just wanted to get that out in time for Christmas so that you could put some of those on your little one's Christmas list and then maybe start some room time, some focusing skill building and so forth in the uh, coming new year. Then also we have a freebie um, from last week that is a, an annotated Christmas book list with rankings and divided by age. And so I hope that you'll check that out and get you some great, great quality Christmas books to use during the holiday season for read-alouds, family devotions, dinner time sharing, and so forth. And then next week we are, we'll be having our, um, our freebie will be last minute holiday gift recipes and how to come up with some really quick foods uh, that you can give as gifts. So hopefully you will be joining uh, the blog or the newsletter so that you can receive those freebies. Um, and uh, once the month is up, then there'll be a whole new set of freebies that will be offered in January and so forth. But those are the ones um, that are offered so far in December. We also have another one coming up that is um, some calendar and planning sheets for the new year. And that will actually go with our blog posts at the end of the month about um, goal setting for moms. So my new goal, I'm going to start my new goal in December rather than January. My new goal is to keep the podcast episodes under 40 minutes, um, preferably closer to 30. That's hard for me to do because I always have a lot to say about each topic. So um, without further ado, I'm going to dig into this idea of Christmas with college and adult children. The first thing that I want to talk about is traditions. The, the, the idea that what do we do with all of these Christmas traditions that we've developed through the years. Personally, we have seven children ages 17 through 33, and our traditions were just 
never-ending. We had so many Christmas traditions, in part because we homeschooled um, for 32 years. This is our 32nd year, and our final year, we began homeschooling my younger sister 32 years ago this fall. And so... um, in part because of that, because then we just built in all of those Christmas traditions as a part of our school day. So the ornament making, the cooking, the baking, the gift making, the um, Christmas read-alouds, the unit studies on various aspects of Christmas, the hymn studies about Christmas, all of those things became just a part of our school. And so we actually, every December, just did a complete unit on nothing but Christmas. And so uh, we learned everything based around the topic of Christmas. And so because of that, we developed so many traditions because we were not only doing traditions, you know, in the evenings and weekends during the Christmas season, but also during the daytime as well during school. And so we had so many traditions. And so you're looking, I I especially have been looking the last 11 years when our first child got married um, at this whole, you know, what do I do with all these Christmas traditions and how do I... At first, how do I mix the older kids with the younger kids? And then more recently, now that we have four children married and um, five of the seven are out on their own, one is in college living at home and one is in his senior year of high school living at home. Now, you know, what things go and what things stay because we don't have these this all day long unit study time anymore. And we don't have, you know, a lot of all these weekends and, and evenings with our kids like we used to have. Even though we have the two kids at home, they're doing college and um, working uh, full-time jobs and so forth. So it just isn't the same at all. And so that is difficult to transition from that. So I have a few um, recommendations for that. And the first one is to find out from your children what the most important traditions are. We had an experience that really helped open my eyes right away. As soon as our first child got married, he's 33 now. Joshua, the first Christmas he got married, he got married in um, July. And so when Christmas came around, in an effort, well, actually all the time after he was married, in an effort not to impose upon him and his family and not to, you know, make his wife think we constantly, you know, needed him with us and, and, you know, let them have their own family unit we went ahead and did our Christmas decorating just like we usually did, but we didn't even think to invite him because we thought they're not, he's not going to want to come to this. He's going to want to do his own traditions. And I will never forget the moment that he walked into the house and saw the Christmas tree and said, you guys decorated without me. It was truly heartbreaking. I could about cry just thinking about it now. And it was at that moment that I realized, okay, it's not an imposition for me to invite my older kids to still join in to activities at home. And so from that, I learned uh, from that. And then also our next child was in Texas getting uh, her second degree. She has a few degrees and she was in Texas getting her second degree one year. And for decorating night, her siblings flew her home for two days to do the Christmas decorating. And so with the combination of those two things about that same time period, I came to realize, you know, that the Christmas decorating night, that family night that was so important to us all those years that was filled with singing and, you know, fun foods and 
decorating the tree and talking about our ornaments and playing games and drawing siblings' names and all of those things that were a part of our Christmas decorating night, though that was something that we needed to keep for everybody. That was something that we did not want to exclude people from, that we wanted to invite everybody to. And so from that, I developed a few that were our always ones. These are the ones that uh, we're always going to try to include everybody. And, you know, there will be times when everybody can't come to everything. And, and I'm extremely patient with that. And you'll find that out a little bit more in just a minute. But, um, but these are the big three ones, the three big ones. The first one is our Christmas decorating night, as I just mentioned. The next one is our Christmas Eve and our Christmas Day. Now, I have Christmas Eve and Christmas Day in quotation marks um, because of this next point that I want to make. And I want to talk about what I call the in-laws first Christmas. Not first Christmas, but the in-laws first. So that is putting the in-laws first. And um, that actually has a lot to do with our own Christmas, even our own Christmas day. So I'm going to jump on over there and talk about that for a couple moments. Um, that is that when our son first got married, well, let me back, I'll actually backpedal to when our kids were growing up. We, uh, when we were younger and um, when my parents divorced, you know, we went to my dad's first thing in the morning and then we had with my mom later on the day. Sometimes we had some extended family things. You know, sometimes we did those on Christmas Eve and, and it just felt like even as a teenager that Christmas was just a, a series of running places and, um, you know, trying to make everybody happy because you're, you know, you're at all these places. And so we decided, uh, early on in our marriage that, you know, we would do whatever extended family get togethers that anybody had, um, as far as like Christmas morning, Christmas day, you know, Christmas Eve and so on and so forth. But we would not put our own Christmas right in the middle of all of that. So our Christmas times with our children were really never right on Christmas day. A lot of times they were on Christmas Eve, sometimes the day after Christmas and so forth. And so when Joshua got married, our first child got married, he married uh, into a family where there was only one daughter and two sons. And, um, they didn't have a lot of extended family. Uh, her dad is an only child and she is the only girl in her family. And so right off the bat, I knew that, you know, regardless of what's happening extended family wise, that, you know, they, the extended family could move things around too. I would move things around and I would, you know, offer to, you know, let Joshua and Lisa have Christmas day for whatever they want, you know, let all of our kids have Christmas day for whatever they want. That is that they want, you know, to have it, to go to, you know, the in-laws side of the family. That's fine. If they want to do their own thing, that's fine. But then I would not say I have to have Christmas day. I have to have everybody here on Christmas day. Even if it's just for two hours, you stop in, I don't care what else you're doing that day, you know, that I would not do that to my grown kids, that I would let them have Christmas day. As it turns out, we let them have Christmas Eve also. And, um, they don't all need necessarily both of those days, but two of them have family out of state. And so that just gives them that opportunity to travel. One isn't too far, just a few hours to Ohio, but to travel there, stay overnight, be there for Christmas with, um, our one daughter-in-law's grandparent, grandma and uh, uncles and aunts. And then the other one is traveling all the way, uh, several States away. And so that gives them the opportunity to have time with the, with the in-laws. Now, I was already not really having Christmas Day, so it wasn't that big of a deal, but it just seemed like the more 
fun thing and the more enjoyable and the less hectic and chaotic thing would be for me to have our Christmas Eve and our Christmas Day on another day. Now, in the course of this, I did discover that the kids want a Christmas Eve. They want to come here on Christmas Eve and do what we used to do. And then they want the next morning to be Christmas Day. So while I, that's why I say our own Christmas Eve and our own Christmas Day in quotation marks. Um, and so that's kind of what I mean by the in-laws first Christmas. That, you know, if one way that you can bridge a gap between, you know, the family and the new daughter-in-law or new son-in-law is to put that person first, to think of that person's needs and, uh, and wants, and also their own family you know, family things. And I know it doesn't work out for everybody because not everybody can get another day off necessarily. So sometimes you just have to squeeze it all together. Um, But that was another thing that was important to our kids, that it not be just squeezed together with other things. So this works really well for us. So even if you can't give, you know, them an entire day or whatever, but to just really focus on how your daughter-in-law feels, how your son-in-law feels about missing their family get-togethers or having to squeeze things in and so forth. So so with that, uh, those are the traditions that we would continue. Our Christmas decorating night, our own Christmas Eve, which happens to be this year on the evening of the 26th, and our Christmas Day is the 27th. Um, which it's been before on the 22nd and 23rd. It's been before on the um, 29th and 30th. So um, just really... Um, not focusing on having to have a certain day um, or a certain time. Yours might not be that you would have another day, but maybe you wouldn't require so much of the day. Maybe you're fine with just having dinner in the morning or brunch in the dinner in the evening or brunch in the morning. But really giving other people, um, you know, the time that they need on Christmas too. All right. Then moving on out of those true the traditions that are not necessarily going to involve everybody. The, the, those three, we really work with everybody's schedules. We, we look at everybody's calendars. We talk to all the college kids, you know, um, and we actually don't do Thanksgiving as an immediate family. We, um, use that for our decorating night because there's not, there, there are not enough days in Thanksgiving weekend to do a grandparent on one side, a grandparent on the other side, and then the in-laws families too, and ours. So, um, that's just another way, you know, that we don't, pressure them, you know, to have a Thanksgiving dinner with us, plus all those other Thanksgiving dinners, plus a decorating night with us and so forth. Really just trying to, um, do what we've tried to raise them to do, you know, to put other people first and to think about, um, their, their family, their immediate family that they are creating as well as, um, their new extended family. Okay. I'm going to have a hard time even keeping it under 45 minutes. If I keep this up, I'm going to move on to, um, involving part of your kids or or potentially all of your kids but the things that you've decided as a family with your kids these are going to be the things we're going to continue as a family with our adult kids and then now into those things that maybe will involve most of them maybe will not maybe will involve all of them maybe just the college kids maybe not the married kids and so forth um the first thing uh that i want to talk about on this is the idea of invitation versus obligation my husband i don't know where he got this i I think he might have made it up, but maybe not. Um, and ever since our kids have been married, or at least the last couple, he has started implementing this concept of invitation versus obligation, not just at Christmas time, but all the time. That, you know what, you were always invited here. We always want to see you. We always want to be with you. When we go out to eat with the little kids, if you, you know, we call them little kids, they're not little kids, they're 
17 and 20. But, you know, if you get here, we're going out to eat, and you want to come, give us a call. We'd love to have you. Or we're, you're always invited to everything. Um, but you're never obligated. And so when we are looking at these things that we want to involve other kids, you know, the other kids, we maybe want to involve the college kids. We want to wait when they're home or or whatever, or want to involve the married kids, that we always give them an invitation, but we never give them an obligation. And I think that the even just using that terminology with your grown kids, and especially with your married kids, will help them to see that you want them to be a part of what you're doing and you want to be a big part of their lives, but that you place high priority and high importance on their own family, the new family that they're creating. And so um, not just at Christmas time, but all the time, this is just a really good uh, phrase to use uh, with your grown kids. So there are some things that we still do with part of them. Um, I mentioned before about the Christmas stories, about the annotated Christmas story list that is available as a freebie in December um, for blog subscribers and newsletter subscribers. And one of the things that we have always done is do many Christmas stories. And um, also at this point, I should mention that I have a short series coming up for the next 10 days with online Christmas stories that are available for free that are some of our favorites. And so you, if you don't have necessarily some Christmas compilations that you like to read from, but you want to do some Christmas Eve reading or while you're traveling in the car or over some meal times in the next couple of weeks, uh, you can check out those um, uh, Christmas read-alouds uh, that I'm giving links to that are for free online. But that was one thing that we still do. And so it's different now because it used to be that during decorating night, we might read for, you know, an hour. On Christmas Eve, we might read for an hour or two hours. I mean, we did we did things with our kids, and we did big things. We did a lot of things, and we spent a lot of time. And um, I just can't recommend it highly enough that that, that's, that, that was what we were about uh, during our uh, peak child-rearing years. Um, but now it's different. We read one or two stories on our Christmas decorating night, one or two stories on our Christmas Eve, but still Christmas stories, reading aloud from Gift to the Magi and, and all of these old tales, uh, If You're Missing Baby Jesus, and different stories that are have become a part of our family read aloud that are just so precious to us. Christmas movies. We love to watch Christmas movies with our kids. We always had traditions of Everybody taking their gifts and wrapping paper and tape and parking themselves all over the living room and not looking, try, you know, you weren't supposed to look around at other people and putting in Christmas movies and having what we called our wrapping paper, wrapping paper parties. And we would have certain special foods and <clears throat> just do, a, it was just a time that everybody wrapped presents and we did it all together and um, just, just enjoyed that so much. And so... We, we still might do that occasionally. Sometimes we even say, hey, if you got gifts to wrap, come on over tonight. We're going to watch a movie and we're going to eat, you know, frozen pizza and we're going to wrap, wrap gifts together if you want to join us. Um, another one with this is that we have this tradition called the White Christmas Night, which you might have read about on the blog, but where we watch White Christmas and we eat shrimp alfredo, white spaghetti. And it's a big deal for a few reasons. It, it's kind of a unit study thing where you do white spaghetti and white Christmas <clears throat> And it's also because we only have shrimp a couple times a year, and that's one of them. So it's like a really big deal, and we put a lot of shrimp in our Alfredo that night. It's just, 
it's just kind of a thing like, wow, we're having shrimp. So it's, it's just a really fun thing, and we look forward to that. And again, we invite some of the olders, and if they can come, great. Um, if not, it's an invitation, not an obligation. We like to do family Christmas outings where we go to the Star of Bethlehem production or dramas, plays, movies, um, ice skating, Christmas lights, gingerbread festival, whatever, that we do that together as a family. And so we'll invite uh, the older kids to that if they're able to come. And uh, once once the kids you know, stop being at home at all on Christmas Day, the little kids who are still here... You know, it was feeling a little bit strange because it is Christmas Day. and But yet we're treating it like any other day because our Christmas Day is another day. So that that was kind of a downside of that. So we started a tradition of taking whoever isn't tied up to the movie theater on Christmas Day. And um, so that's just another one of our traditions. That if, if we do have a couple of kids who um, are married and... Uh, well, I guess just one. They don't have a lot of activities on, around Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. They do things far in advance and stuff. So with that family, they're available during the day on that day. Um, so they, they can be invited too. So it just gives another option for things to do on Christmas Day. Um, next, I would like to move into, so I'm sorry, with all of those. All of those are invitations but not obligations. All of those are things that we used to do, you know, that we... Um, still do in part, and that they can come to. I want to talk just for a few minutes about family unity uh, during this time. It's a difficult thing uh, with family unity with adult children and with college children. I mean, you as an adult listening to this, you probably have your own stories about, you know, all those problems over here with my husband's family when we get together, or, wow, when my family gets together, this is just kind of stressful, and this is what happens. And so, you know, our goal as this this generation of Chris, of Christian parents is to raise our kids in such a way that, you know, people want them to come to Christmas get togethers because they are considerate of others because they're empathetic, because they are a little more selfless maybe than, than normal or than an average person or hopefully very selfless. And, um, so, you know, that's the goal and it's not just a Christmas goal. That's a goal in all of our parenting, you know, for this to happen in such a way that we can come back together as, you know, 14 adults, 18 adults, you know, however many, you know, with our own kids. And we can love each other and accept each other's differences and and enjoy each other without, you know, a lot of uh, strife. And so that's definitely a goal. And I talk about that on the blog and uh, if you have small children and you're listening to this, we would love to come to your area and do our Raising Kids with Character Parenting Seminar um, and just really, really help build that family unity and that character training in, in families everywhere because it does carry over in a huge way. And it is a lot of that foundational character training that makes our get-togethers now so nice they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I, I, I don't know if it was last Christmas or the Chris. I can think of two of the last four or five Christmases where we had tears, where we had to walk through things, where we had, uh, you know, one sibling who'd hurt another sibling, adult siblings, you know, who, college kids who, who were, who one were at odds with each other. Another time where somebody was at odds with uh, a college kid was at odds with, at odds with somebody still at home. Um, you know, that, 
put somebody in tears on, on our Christmas get-together. It's not that it's perfect. It is that we put so much into building relationships and into teaching a character and into conflict resolution that we handle those things, that we walk through those things with our college kids and with our high school kids to, to, to solve all of those things. And that more often than not, the kids are characterized by loving each other, by uh, uh, submitting, deferring to each other to make our get-together special. So um, here are just some things, a few points here about continuing or having family unity with this age group of kids. First of all, those traditions that I just talked about, whatever they might be, whether it's a story, whether it's, you know, we, we went through this stage where we would memorize uh, all the verses of A Christmas Carol. We did that for several years in a row. That was a big tradition so that now when we go back and sing one, we know all the verses to it. It's very special. We remember when we did it and uh, we remember when we memorized it and it's just a fun thing. And if we forget, you know, so the other one person reminds the other or somebody starts dancing it out or sign languaging it or making some kind of uh, gestures to remind everybody. Um, we make Christmas ornaments on Christmas Eve because we used to make those all the time during um, the kids' growing up years. And our Christmas tree only has homemade ornaments on it from through the years. So any of those traditions that have bound your family together in the past can continue to bind them together now. Next is to consider a sibling gift exchange. This was really hard for me when the kids decided, you know what, uh, and, and my husband too, and, and I agreed with it that, you know, once the kids started getting married, it was just going to get too expensive for them to buy for everybody. You know, when they were little, they just wanted to buy gifts for each other all the time. And, um, you know, they would save their money and, and that was something we wanted them to do because it was a selfless uh, gesture on their part to be able to buy gifts for siblings and to work hard and raise the money to be able to do that. But again, we're trying to put our new, our kids as new families ahead of, you know, our family, we want that to be their first priority. Our family is their second priority or on down the line. You know, extended family is not your first priority anymore. Your first priority is in your home. And so uh, they started doing a sibling gift exchange where they draw names and buy one gift for uh, whoever they draw. And um, it has been such a great family unity idea and that I never dreamed. Actually, I thought the opposite. I thought, oh, if they don't buy for each other, it won't be a special. And, and, you know, they won't unwrap gifts from each other on Christmas Eve anymore. And, you know, just be one gift from one person. And that won't, you know, I just, I guess I just didn't see how, I didn't visualize how this would be family unity building. But what has happened is actually the opposite that, you know, it's a big deal who you get trying to hide it from each other, trying to get you know, trying to find out what everybody wants without other people knowing it. Not, you know, talk to mom and dad about it. Don't let anybody else know. Text messaging and all that, you know, Facebooking and everything. Um, and trying, and it's been really sweet to see them try to do what is special for that one sibling, what, that's, what that one sibling really likes. And to say, don't give this idea to the grandparents because I want to get this, you know, because this is a special gift. I want to get it. I want to be sure nobody else gets it for him. And that has been really, uh, really neat. And then with the in-laws, it's been super special because, you know, the, the one of my daughter-in-laws will call or text, you know, and send me a picture of something. What do you think of this? And, and you know, she is a part of our family and there's no difference, you know, between you know, the in-laws and the kids now, you know, everybody is treated equally and they treat each other equally in terms of, of this type of thing. I mean, obviously they talk more to their own siblings, but, 
Um, but that has been very special. And then they try to trick each other, and they've gone to great lengths to trick each other on Christmas Eve, and that's been real fun too. So uh, a sibling gift exchange like that, just where they draw a name, set a price, it's been super special. Uh, group gifts, I had a post on this just recently. We don't do a ton of group gifts, but there are a few things like big board games that they share. And um, it's not uncommon for them all, for four or five of them to ask for a football to share, to have at mom and dad's house, uh, a basketball to share, to have here. Uh, movie theater tickets for them all to go to the movies together. That has been a special group gift that we've gotten. Um, restaurant gift certificates. Last year, they were all collecting gift cards to this one restaurant that was pr that's uh, pretty pricey and so that they could all go together and they made reservations. And that was just a real special thing. So that's another thing um, that you can do. Um, making kids' favorite foods. When it comes to college and high school kids, you can't go wrong with their favorite foods. So um, it, it's, it is something that is important to a child for you to say, you know, the, Oh, Oh, I got to get the snickerdoodles out. You know, Jonathan just got here. And also this is a great way to make your in-law, you know, your daughters-in-law and sons-in-law feel special, you know, knowing that I'm looking for this certain white chocolate that my daughter-in-law loves, or I'm looking for this certain dark chocolate that my son-in-law loves. Just, uh, I'm looking for penguins that the one daughter-in-law loves, penguin anything, you know, penguin, penguin wrapped chocolate, you know, just so it has penguins on it. And just the, the favorite, favorites of everything, but also favorites of foods. We do have another thing that was a freebie earlier, but it is available at the store for free right now. And it's called Kids Favorites or Kids Faves. And it is a little worksheet where you can have your kids fill this out and find out what their favorite things are. This is a fun thing to do out loud. During family get-togethers, I explain it all how to do it in the forward of the booklet. But um, but it's also good with in-laws, with uh, children-in-law, so that you can find out what their favorites are. So you can use that for that. Uh, next is to reminisce. This is I, I really believe that this is the highlight, especially of the three oldest kids in our family, of their Christmas. They look forward to just reminiscing. And they, more than any of the kids, will just talk at great length as we're decorating the tree, about every ornament, you know, about how hard it was to make, how easy it was to make, how ours looked terrible and the sample looked so good and, and how mom threw the cinnamon sticks across the room and got mad and how Cammie got glue gun on her leg and couldn't get it off uh, and it was burning her leg and um, it just, oh my word. These are things that you want. You want these in your family. You want 20 years from now, 30 years from now, if you have small children, you want this in your family. You want to these warm memories. I can't tell you how it feels to have this now to draw on, to refer back to reminisce to the memories and the family unity and the love that we shared making all of these memories. So reminiscing is really an important thing. Um, and you know, it usually happens naturally if you've built a lot of memories you know, do you remember the time that you know, Joshua was supposed to sing the solo and he forgot his lines when we're singing a certain song or, you know, just, just all kinds of reminiscing, just so, so, so many memories and be sure that uh, you do that a lot with your college and adult kids and it does build family unity. Um, do some things you've always done. As I said, there are some things like, um, you know, butterscotch pudding in the blue bowl. There are some things that are just a big part that you just want to do it how you've always done it because that is 
part of your family. That is part of who you are. Uh, play group games. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. And um, make new members feel welcome. Again, uh, including them. I try to communicate with my daughters-in-law and even my sons-in-law via text message and Facebook messaging and stuff. My husband and I both do. Um, not just to communicate with their spouses who are our children, but to communicate with them as well. And, um, you know, sometimes you can bridge the gap talking about things like, you know, the Christmas gift or, you know, did anybody get care of this yet? You know, but then you can go from there, you know, looking forward to you guys coming. Um, you know, what's your favorite pop? I want to have it that night, you know, whatever. And you can really just make those new ones feel welcome. Okay, I'm going to try to wrap up here in a few minutes with um, the last section, Our Christmas Day. Part two is going to be nothing but our Christmas Eve because it's going to take a long time to explain about the Minute to Win It games as well as about the plastic wrap prizes and so forth that um, you may have seen that I've been writing about on the blog. Those things will take some time to explain. So I'm going to do those in a separate podcast episode that will be Christmas with college and adult children, our Christmas Eve. So to wrap this one up, I'll talk a little bit about uh, our Christmas day. When um, our kids, as I said, decided the three things were our decorating night, our Christmas Eve, and our Christmas day. So for our Christmas day, we try to do many of the same things that we used to do um, in the past. Now, we only have one grandchild, and that's a little almost two-year-old boy. So I know that it's going to look completely different 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, you know, when we have a lot of grandkids and, and so forth. Um, looking forward to that those days. But for right now, it's still, you know, very um, focused on our own kids and our kids-in-law and um, just really continuing with some of the old, the past traditions. One of the things is uh, with the invitation versus obligation is to be sure that um, it isn't something that they feel like they have to stay all day and all night. I can remember the first, you know, few times that we, that the married kids came back and, and, you know, we had our Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve is a really huge thing to us because that's when our funny games and all that kind of stuff, that's when we really party and, and you'll, if you listen next week, you'll find out more about that. Um, and then the uh, next day is when they we do our normal traditional type of activities with uh, reading the Christmas story and opening gifts from parents. And uh, so that is pretty traditional, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, definitely. And I'll talk about gifts in just a minute um, because I love giving gifts to my kids. That's one of my... One of my big love languages is to give gifts to my kids. And my kids have been so fun to give gifts to through the years because they love good toys. They've always loved good toys, good books, things like that. So I've always had a really great time shopping for them. I'm not, we're, not, we're not a big electronics family. Uh, we don't get a lot of game systems and games and technology and stuff like that. Not that we're opposed to it. It's just that that's not really in our Christmas budget. And usually people need things like they need a new suit for their internship or they need, um, new cookware when they just moved or, you know, they need uh, new uh, clothes for their student teaching and things like that. So it's not really, I mean, it's things that they need, but, um, they're just so grateful and so fun to shop for them. Um, so we continue with our traditions, but I can remember the first time when somebody started to leave, you know, they were like 
leaving at five and or whatever. I can't even remember how that happened, but I remember thinking, oh, it's over. They're leaving at five because I was so used to, you know, celebrations just continue forever. And, and we're not the kind of parents who just go off and do our own thing. We're always with our kids, uh, when they're all here like that. And, and, um, just, that's just how we've raised our kids that, you know, when we're home together, we're, we try to do things together. If, 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 if we can, I mean, obviously everybody's studying so much nowadays and stuff, but trying to do that. So it was like, Oh, everybody's leaving. And then there were like three or four, you know, younger kids still left here and, um, they were sleeping and all of a sudden it was like, Oh, and I remember thinking, you know, just feeling like, Oh, you know, they shouldn't leave. It's Christmas. And that was actually a very selfish thing to think because they just spent, you know, the night before and all day with us. Um, but I say all that just to warn you that really watch out for expectations when it comes to, you know, your Christmas day and so forth, especially if you're dividing the day up, if you're dividing the day up with, you know, another set of parents or with, or if they're doing their own Christmas, then coming to your house and so forth, we really, really have to just be able to defer to other people in that and to not have so many expectations about it just being this way or that way and or wanting this thing or that thing. Um, so just, just watch out for that. But we, you know, we just continue some of those traditions, um, with gift ideas. This will be the first year. So this is a, a new tradition for me. You know, I don't know that it's going to be a tradition. It's a new, new concept for me. And that is that because we just went on our every five year family vacation, uh, which you want to stay tuned in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a two-week podcast episode on planning an affordable Disney World vacation. I'm going to be interviewing my son who planned our entire trip, and you won't want to miss that. But um, because of that Disney vacation, uh, we are for our actual gifts for our kids, not our Christmas Eve things that you can hear about next week with our grab bags and our plastic wrap prizes and all that before the actual gifts to our kids. We're doing gift cards this year. And that was, that was new to me, but it was needed because the time that it takes to shop with all of my kids as interests, it was just takes a lot of time to shop, uh, for them from different online places and then getting to stores and getting the things, uh, that they have on their list and, and so forth. So this will be the first year that we've done gift cards. And I just made it real simple, you know, that please give me a list of three or four $50 gift cards that you would like. And we're going to get each person two gift cards. And it, it just made it simple for me with that vacation that we just finished, both financially as well as time-wise, um, to do that. And now, as it turns out, my dad has been in the hospital for 10 days. Well, it's almost two weeks now. And I haven't had time to do any Christmas shopping. So it's a blessing in disguise there that we decided to do that. So, um, you know, but, but the one thing is that with our adult kids, we can kind of get in our heads what we want to get them as far as, you know, we want them to have this, we want them, or they should want this, they should want that. And, um, again, the whole expectation thing comes into play there. Just really not, not getting them what you want, but getting them what they want or what they need. Um, I, I try to really be sensitive to that because I can remember when our kids were little and grandparents would say, they don't need any more Legos. They have plenty of Legos or they don't need any more books. They have plenty of books. And I remember telling them and telling my husband, they want Legos. That's, that's what they want. And they play with Legos. And so 
Why would we just get them something else just because we think they have too many Legos or we think they don't need any more Legos? I mean, it's another thing if your kids aren't using things and you know, as a parent, if your kids aren't using things and you just feel like you're wasting money. Um, but Kayla adored books and everybody's like, don't put books on your list. That's what she wants, you know? So the same thing is true with our adult kids. Cause we can get in our mind, you know, I want to get them this. I want them to have that. I want them... But what do they want or what do they need? Especially for us with college kids, the needs were very, very real. You know, they needed a dorm-sized refrigerator or they needed a, a new winter coat. So just figuring out, you know, with the gifts, what the needs are and not necessarily just having so many expectations there also helps. And lastly... Um, just real quickly on the food. One of the things that I have done in the last few years is to try to have as much stuff made ahead of time um, for the meals. And this is twofold. This is in part so that I can spend more time with my husband. I can spend more time with the kids while they're here, you know, that we're not tied up, you know, peeling potatoes the whole time or, you know, making noodles or whatever it might be. But it's also just to, to relieve them because uh, that way they don't have to spend a lot of time in the kitchen. They can spend time with each other. They don't have to come out and help as much. So, um, you know, that's just another little tidbit that we found just to get more time with our kids and to make it a little bit more of a relaxing Christmas. Now, I have some links at the bottom of the page, and those are some of the podcasts, I mean, some of the blog posts that I've done so far on this topic. There will be more coming up, so hopefully you can... Um, find some of those and uh, read those. Uh, feel free to give your questions uh, for our Wondering Wednesday podcast. Um, I've got some a lot of ideas and a lot of questions already uh, scheduled for January, but I, we're always in the market for more. So homeschool-related, language arts, writing, home management, raising kids, <laughs> raising kids with character. Uh, we would love to answer your questions in our Wondering Wednesday podcast episode. So thank you again for joining me. This has been Donna Reish with Wondering Wednesday.